fans, teachhoops.com slash 816 basketball has all the resources that you need to be a better coach, period. Today's basketball coaches are dedicated, year-round workers who face fierce competition to keep their jobs. And excellent instruction is out there, but finding it is inconvenient, unorganized, and it can be hit or miss. So visit teachhoops.com slash 816 basketball. Sign up for the free trial. You're going to want to go past that free trial. We guarantee it. And be sure to join our good friend Billy Kegler on the Competitive Mindset Podcast where guests share how they differentiate themselves and achieve high levels of performance through the lens of motivation, competitiveness, and mindset. Join along on the journey to lifelong learning and improved performance with the Competitive Mindset Podcast. Follow on social media at Competitive Pod. Hello and welcome to the Greatest Games Podcast, brought to you by 816 Basketball. I'm one of your hosts, Brian Rosefield, and I'm joined by my co-host, Chris de Blasio. Thank you, Brian. Pleasure to be here on the Greatest Games Podcast. A chance for us to catch up with basketball coaches from around the country and have them tell us about their greatest game. As always, it can be their time as a head coach, a JV coach, a high school, a college coach, or even a girls basketball coach. Just whatever game they consider to be their greatest. It's incredible. You know, we're, we're episode 89. First of all, congratulations, uh, Chris de Blasio. 89 episodes of a podcast. That's, that's an accomplishment in and of itself, right? But it has been since episode eight that we had, when we had Terrence Gibson from Ridgeview High School in South Carolina as a girls coach at Ridgeview High School, of course, uh, that we've had a girls coach. So we are... Super excited. We have the Morris Hills High School head varsity girls coach that has joined us here on the Greatest Games podcast, Brian Dillon. Welcome to the show. Welcome, guys. Thank you for having me. So we've, and it's our second girls coach. We still have not had on a female, though. We still have. So that's true. We're efforting. We are. Efforting. <laughs> I know a few. If you need me to get in touch, we, with we, we, will, we will talk after the podcast. Obviously, I'm sure you know a few coaching girls basketball there in Morris County, lovely bucolic Morris County, Brian, beautiful <laughs> County in New Jersey. Yes. yes. Lovely. Very scenic. Yes. Um, you, you, Brian, your, your type of people live out in Morris County. You know what I mean? Uh, Brian's, uh, Brian, uh, Brian Dillon, Brian Rosefield's a lake guy. He's got a lake house okay. with a boat, you know, the whole, you know what I'm talking about? Uh, you would, you would, Brian, you would love white metal Lake. It's gorgeous. Okay. Absolutely right. beautiful. Stinks in the winter. Cause I get that lake drift and I get more snow than everybody else. <laughs> uh, fall, summer and spring. It's beautiful. You know? My wife and I get to take our kids down to the lake. They really enjoy it. it it's really, it's a nice, it's very well kept. It's, it's a really very scenic, beautiful place. That does sound good. I'm sold. And, and, and the joke is that I'm not a lake guy. I just <laughs> live on a lake. I don't know what the heck I'm doing with this. Boat. He doesn't own socks anymore. Just boat shoes all day long. I mean, no. <laughs> exactly. I'll just, I'll let you roll with that. <laughs> well, Brian Dillon, I'm going to say, I'm going to say Brian 800 times this podcast, not know who I'm talking to. Brian Dillon, why don't you uh, briefly take us through kind of your resume in basketball and how you got to where you are today at Morris Hills High School? All right. Well, I'm, I'm a 2002 graduate of West Orange High School. Um, I, I was a three-year varsity point guard. Um, I, I played for Mike Fess, um, who was a Mac head coach prior. Now he's at Caldwell High School. Um, after that, I went up to FDU, which was Madison at the time, which is now FDU Florham. I was recruited by Roger Kindle and Pete Marion, who was a guest here as well. Um, I redshirted my first year. Um, then my first two years, I came off the bench a little bit. My last 
in my first three years with Roger Kindle, then he stepped down and that's when Pete took over. Uh, my last two years, I started as the point guard under Pete, captain my senior year, we had a phenomenal year. My senior year made the ECACs, lost to Jersey City. Um, just a great overall experience. And then when I was done playing, I was kind of in flux, kind of unsure what I wanted to do. I was playing in leagues constantly. And then uh, my, uh, my head coach, Mike Fest from high school, his nephew, Dave Cohen, who was the girls' uh, Cedar Grove uh, head coach at the time, who was also uh, his, un his uncle's a Bergen County legend, uh, Herb Cohen. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Dave, Dave is a phenomenal coach. He's been uh, a little Brian, wait, no, hang on, Brian Rosefield, Herb <laughs> Cohen coached at Woodridge High School that our buddy Rock Renzio played and coached at. Rock played for Herb Cohen and now runs the Herb Cohen Classic every year. So oh, see, okay. Brian okay. Dillon was right. We got all the connections. We got all the Okay. And it, it, correct me if I'm wrong, is, is Jimmy, Jimmy Moore? Yes, Jimmy at, Moore is, is the head coach. He's also been a guest. Yes. And when I came into FDU, Jimmy Moore was ahead, a year ahead of me at FDU. Okay. All right. <laughs> oh. And even another small world about Jimmy is uh, Jimmy and my uncle worked together for years. My uncle's retired, but Jimmy and my uncle Dan worked together. At the Sports and Exhibition Authority? Yes. Okay. So that's how kind of, you know, I remember my uncle saying, hey, do you know a Jimmy Marr? And I'm like, yeah, Jimmy's a good guy. I played with him in college. He goes, oh, I work with him. I said, no crap. I'm in small world. It really is. <laughs> but uh, getting back to it. So my, my first year of coaching – uh, my coach JV girls at Cedar Grove, um, an interesting experience. Um, you know, as a first time coach, I was like, Hey, I'll give it a try. Um, it was good extra money in my pocket. And, um, I kind of, I, I enjoyed it. And then I enjoyed working with Dave Cohen. He was a great coach. Um, great guy to work for. Then he got the boys job at Livingston high school. So I went with him. I became his freshman coach. And that's when I really got hooked. Um, I just loved being around at scouting um, just really doing the day-to-day -day player development things with the kids and then, you know, drawing something up and, you know, getting a game-winning basket was always a great feeling. So kind of wrote, wrote to me and I got hooked. And then Pete came calling um, early September of the following year, you know, needed an assistant at FDU. And I jumped, I jumped at the opportunity to coach in college and coach with my head coach and coach at my alma mater and coach with one of my best friends who was on staff as well, Pierre Schmidt, who's a, another Bergen County guy who's from Park Ridge. Um, I played with them as well at FDU. So getting the opportunity to coach with, you know, one of my best friends and coach with, you know, a guy who's now a friend, but a mentor and my former coach was just a perfect opportunity. Um, I spent four years at FDU. My first year was rough. You know, we struggled a little bit, but, you know, Pierre and I really, you know, grinded, hit the recruiting trail and tried to bring in some really talented kids. In that class, we brought in two all-conference all kids, Will Green from Cranford and Trevor Sykes from Staten Island. Another kid from PA that ended up being a contributor as well. And then we were able to bring in another class with uh, the following year with Kevin Furlong from Raritan, who Pete mentioned was a kid with the long three against Drew. Um, the kid was just a natural winner. Just everything he did was a winner. So combining those classes, my last two years at FDU, we were able to make the conference tournament, have some success. And then um, my dream as, was always to go back to West Orange and be the head coach. Um, Job opened up. I interviewed. I was a finalist, but I didn't get it. I ended up uh, getting hired under Greg Tynes from Clifford Scott, um, who's a legend in Jersey, 600 wins, um, coached years for Clifford Scott, won you know, state titles and things like that, county titles. So I did uh, three years under him. Then he stepped down, and then I jumped up. I was a freshman coach my first two years, JV my third year. 
And then my last year at West Orange, I was the varsity assistant under DeMond Cowens, who's the head coach there now. And then the opportunity where Morris Hills came around, came arised, and I, I jumped at it because, like I said, it was close to home. I just had a young son and the opportunity to build a program from scratch and lead it was really enticing for me. So I, I really jumped at it. So this will be my fourth season at Morris Hills. I don't know if we've had a more varied uh just list of experiences from a, a college assistant and there's not no disrespect to levels, but JV girls coach to assistant now a head varsity coach at the girls level. I mean, it's such a, a, a wonderful array of experiences for you. Uh, so just kind of a general question to start out for, for you, Brian, is what, what are some of the lessons that you've picked up along the way, even starting out as a JV coach, going to college, but some of those, just those just pearls of wisdom that you've picked up along the way as a coach. And being fortunate to work with a lot of really good guys. Like I said, Dave Cohen's a great coach, Greg Tynes, Pete, um, DeMond's a really good coach at West Orange. So trying to pick things from everything that they do. You know, I was kind of a sponge. Like the first time with coaching JV girls, you know, I was just kind of rolling with it, you know, sitting in a two, three zone girls basketball, as you know, if you score more layups, you usually win. Hmm. Um, <laughs> and it was an interesting experience and it was a good for me because, you know, I had to become a better teacher and learn how to teach, especially with girls. Girls are great listeners, but you have to teach it more. Boys, sometimes you can give them the ball and say, all right, I need to do this. Just go. Whereas girls, you have to really break it down. They're very literal. Like everything is you tell them to do this and this, they do it. Um, so it was a really good experience there. And like I said, jumping with Dave to, to Livingston and getting back on the boys side was really cool. And it was a really great experience that one year there. Um, they have great facilities. And like I said, he's a great coach. He's a great defensive mind. He runs this crazy, great matchup zone that I was able to learn a little bit from and pick from. So it was good. It was a good, really good experience. Brian, this is always a, a difficult question to ask high school coaches, and I deal with it, and I'm sure you deal with it. We all do. You know, when when parents want to talk to you, whether it's about playing time or discipline issues, you know, how, how do you deal, and, and what's the role of parents, do you think? And do you address it before the season? You know, just kind of how you deal with parents as the person in charge of the program. We have a parent, uh, a parent meeting probably like the first week or two of, of the season. Um, so, you know, the school has a policy, they break it down. Most of these, most of my players are multi-sport athletes. So they already know the policies. So I don't really have to go too in depth. And I always let the parents know that, you know, every kid is given an opportunity, but it's up to them. You know, they have to work hard. They have to you know be successful on the court, you know, just because they're most talented. If they're not having success, I have to give someone else a shot. You know, I can't just sit there and roll out the same person, not. So I'm pretty upfront and honest with them about what the expectations of, you know, the program expectations of what I expect of their, their daughters. Um, and, and girls are great. You really don't run into a lot of headaches off the court and discipline stuff. Um, it's more so just, you know, with the girls where they, they, you know, they decide by their junior year, you know what, I'm no longer having fun. I'm going to go, you know, work or just to play another sport. So that's kind of the few things you run into the girls. But aside from, you know, the parents' expectation, I'm pretty upfront and I let them know what to expect. And like I said, they're all really good kids. And I, I, I don't think I've had a discipline issue in my three years so far at Marcel's. So I'm pretty fortunate there. 
think it's so huge just laying out those expectations ahead of time when people know, in this case, kids know exactly what they're walking into. They know what to expect. And uh, it really sounds like a, a, a wonderful culture that's that, that you uh, have established and everybody knows exactly what's, like I said, what's expected. I think that's uh I, th- I think that's huge. And um, now, Brian, we know, you know, the name of the podcast is the, the greatest game. So we know that you've got a, a couple of great games uh, in your in your repertoire here. So we'd love for uh, for you to take us and, and our listeners on the on the journey of, of your greatest games. All right. I'll start off when I was in high school, 2002 um, state tournament quarterfinals. We opened as the four seed at home versus Linden. Um Coached by Phil Colicchio, probably, probably the two or three best coaches in Jersey. Guy's phenomenal everywhere. He's been at, was at Linden for years. He left Linden, go to Elizabeth, and he instantaneously wins. Um, so 2002, and we're really underdog. We're higher seed because we have a better record, but they played in the watch-on conference. Really, really good team. Very talented. They have three Division One players. Um, we're just we're a very good team as well. So play them at home. Games back and forth all games. So. Um, so we're probably tail end of the third quarter. We're down 31-29, and Tony Wilson's guarding me. Tony Wilson ended up at UNC Greensboro and then transferred to Bluefield College. He's a really good player, so he's guarding me. And I'm kind of in a 1-4 flat. It's about the clock sticking down. Um, and I kind of just, you know, just rock him to sleep a little bit. And I pull up from deep. Barry put us up one. Crowd's rocking. Loudest the gym's probably ever been. I played in. It was an incredible experience. So we're up one. Same thing back and forth in the fourth quarter, just trade a basket here, trade a basket there. Um, so we're down 35, 33 with about a minute eight to go. We run a play, America's play from out of bounds. So guy pops to the corner, pops out, guy comes screens in. I pop out to the corner. Um, I'm literally catching the ball. My heels, if I press my heels down, I'm out of bounds. And they're running out. I think it was Don Busby, who was 6'8 at the time. And our screener at the time is Kamel Drummond, who was a phenomenal player. It's about 6'6", 240. He was built like a, a defensive end. So he's setting a screen. I get the ball. I bury a three, put us up one. So, I, like I said, crowd's going nuts. It's awesome spirits. And they come down. They score a quick bucket. And then we're down 37, 36, about 40 seconds to go. So we bring the ball up. We hit Kamel Drummond on the wing. Like I said, he's built like a defensive end. He inside hand, inside outs, gets down the lane, finishes it on a scoop on the right side. We go up one with about you know, 28 seconds, they come down and it's just a wacky possession, balls fumbling. And then we finally just are able to get a stop. Don Busby misses a, a corner jump shot, air balls it. We rebound the ball, crowd erupts, sprints the floor. It was what a, one of the best college, high school basketball experiences I've ever had. So it was a really cool, fun game, just a high level high school game with a lot of talent and just a great game overall. So, so Brian, take me back to the play where you hit the three in the corner off the inbound. You said, was there a timeout before the play, or was it just a ball went out of bounds and coach called whatever the, the play call is? You know, ball you're getting out, the ball, ball was knocked out, and we the play call was E. Okay, that was the call. So Mike Fest calls it out. Like I said, we ball pops to the corner. They pop back out to the wing. I step in. They scream me out to the corner. Uh, I buried it. it was do, you, cool. do you know when he calls the play, do you know you're going to wind up with the shot? I'm taking the ball out. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So it's a screen for you when you come back yeah, in bounds. So, and we had are a you, counter are, off that. Are off. you nervous? What are you thinking? You're, you know, you know, I'm going to get the shot and I got a defensive lineman setting a screen for me. If I'm open, <laughs> knock it down. I'm in my gym. I was comfortable. I was, it's a great shooting gym. 
it's the old gym now that's at West Orange. They have this beautiful facility now. That was um, I coached him, but I didn't get a play him. But um, <laughs> I mean, I still am partial to the old gym. I love it. The new just, gym is nice, though. I've been down there for sectional games and stuff. It's beautiful. It's nice. Beautiful. <laughs> um, I'm very partial to the old gym. It's small. It's loud. It's raucous. I love it. Um, when I got it, I got a good look, and I was a pretty good shooter. So I was like, you know what? Knock it down. Uh, and it was really cool. And then the old bleachers, they had these wooden bleachers in the front row. Basically, my family always sat. So it was my father, my mother, my grandfather, my brother, you know, family, friends, they probably took up this whole section of the first couple rows and hitting the three right in front of them was pretty cool experience. And then obviously giving us the lead. It was awesome. That's awesome. All right. Take us into the next game. Um, so my first year as a JV coach at West Orange, so it'll be my third year overall. Um, we're playing in the Essex County tournament quarterfinals against Seton Hall Prep. So obviously Seton Hall Prep's in West Orange. Seton Hall Prep has been a powerhouse in Essex County and throughout the state for years. And as a West Orange kid, we never liked the prep. And I had family members. Absolutely, friends, yeah. <laughs> family members, friends that went there. So I just, we just, even my two older brothers went there for a couple of years and then transferred out to West <laughs> Orange. I wanted no part of it. Um, so getting the opportunity to coach against them, um, we were really, really good as a JV team. We lost our first game of the year that year to Milburn. And then we went on 18, 18 in a row and won the county tournament. But this game was just a phenomenal game. Um, we had a really talented JV team, probably as good as some varsity teams in the area and Seton Hall Prep did as well. I mean, just the talent alone in the game, Ashton Miller, um, who went to Duquesne, now is at Wagner. Um, we had Stefan Sherrod, who's at West Virginia State, which is Division Two, and Jelani Jackson, who's at a Division at Georgian Court, Division Two. So that alone, you have three scholarship kids playing in a JV game. So yeah. that, that just tells you the talent, how good – these kids were, and, and this was just a, an awesome game, high level. Um, Ashton Miller went off. He probably – they scored 49. He probably had about 33. Anything I threw at him, he just he – was, he was just getting buckets. He was so hard to stop. And he was a 6'3 freshman point guard that can handle, shoot it, get where he wanted to go. I put long athletic kids, little short little guards on him, try to change things up on him. He was just very good that day. And we just went back and forth. It was just punch for punch. Um, and then we had a big play. We, we ran a, a pretty, a, probably, a, I think the play broke down, to be honest with you. We used to run a high continuity ball screen. It just kind of broke down. And, and Stefan shared was a six, six kind of like small forward who could, who could do it all. And, and he's, he came up on the replace after the screen. We just swung it to him and he just kind of ripped and went in same thing, kind of like Kamel Drummond did years ago against Linden just scooped down the lane and he was a lefty and scooped it and won to put us up. And then they came down, they called the timeout. There's about four seconds left and we're up and they had the ball out underneath. And I always went two, three. So I said, you know what? I'm going to throw something different. I went man and it screwed them up. So they're able to, they threw the ball out deep and Ashton Miller came down, makes a great shot, gets to a spot. The ball hits the back rim. The kid tips it, hits another back rim. And it pops out, we win 51-49. So in that that was like a big thing, just for even though it's JV, just for the program in general, just just to beat your crosstown rivals and, and to beat Seton Hall Prep. And then we ended up beating Columbia and then Bloomfield Tech in the county finals to win the JV County tournament, which was awesome. Oh, that's awesome. That's and then awesome. Bloomfield Tech, which was crazy. Bloomfield Tech brought down three 
varsity starters to play in the game. Oh, yeah, the kids show up like with the that. wrong uniforms. Yeah, they, <laughs> the Catholic schools are good at that. The kids show up with the varsity uniforms. You're like, uh, hello. <laughs> and we still ended up beating them by 12, which was awesome. Like Even said, better. I, Even I was better. fortunate to coach some really talented kids that year, and they really bought into team and really wanted to just win. And, and they lost in the semis the year before. A couple of them were freshmen that played JV, so they really wanted Seton Hall bad. They really wanted Seton Hall in the finals, but we ended up just drawing them in the quarters and they wanted them bad. And they, they made it a point that we're saying, if we get there, we get them, we're going to beat them. And they were just an awesome group to coach. I had so much fun with them. One of the best groups I've, I've coached. That's in my the group reminds me. Like I, I remember coming into to coaching and having just stacks and stacks and books full of plays and thinking like, okay, we're going to execute this and we're going to, and, and just hearing that story about a play breaking down and um, at what point, and, and maybe this happened early for you. And I don't, I don't know. It took me a long time <laughs> as, as a coach to figure out like that. I didn't have to control every bit of the game, but at what point did you, uh, as a coach realized like, Hey, I'm, we're going to bring uh, X's and O's. We're going to practice. We're going to work on execution. But at the end of the day, I'm on the sidelines and those kids are playing and I got to get the heck out of the way sometimes. So um, hopefully my question makes some sort of sense, but when did you realize that it's just, sometimes it's just going to be okay that plays just break down and I've got pretty good players. Um, from right now, Morris Hills, I have a really good point guard. So that, that, that makes it more than okay. Um, <laughs> but if a play breaks down, I just say, you know, go make a play. You're really good. You're talented. She's one of the best passers I've ever coached on boys and girls. The girl's incredible vision. I mean, she'll drive the lane and no look through three girls and you get a layup. And I said, you know what? Sometimes if things break down, don't panic, see your matchup and just go attack. Um, you know, sometimes it, that, that happens. Not every play is going to work. It's not, it, it looks beautiful on paper. It looks beautiful in your head. It just, Sometimes it just doesn't work and that's okay. And sometimes, you know, and players help that. When you have players, they'll, they'll take the ball and they, they make the play when it breaks down and you just got to give them the confidence to do that. Yeah. That's uh, when you have a point card, man, that is the, that's the ultimate. When you have a point card, that extension of yourself on the floor, that's, that's so reassuring. It, it makes a world of difference. My first year at Morris Hills, um, it was a struggle. We were four and 19. Um, we, I had awesome kids. They played really hard. They competed. I just didn't have a point guard and that, that, that makes the world the difference. And then the following year I had a freshman come in and, and saying, she'll be my point guard for four years. She's incredibly talented. Her name's Mackenzie Creighton. Um, and I just said, you know what? She's going to take her lumps. She's going to struggle at times, but she's got to play because, you know, and by hopefully this year and, you know, next year, She's going to be one of the better guards in North Jersey, hopefully Morris County. You know, she's that talented, really, really talented kid. And at times you just got to let her play and, and play through mistakes and at least make, try to make a play. If she makes a mistake, it happens. But you know, more times than not, she's going to make a play and put herself or her teammates in a better position. Point cards. Uh, they make they just make life easy. I have a point card. It's the one thing I have, Brian. I got a point card on my team. <laughs> okay. All right. I got a point card. But, uh, point cards matter. Yeah, they to help you sleep at night. They do, and I also hear that just the the confidence that I'm sure Brian that you just instill in her, just like you said, just let her make a play and let her work it out a little bit, and just again, just 
I related to my, my early coach and just thinking like, well, I can't have kids make mistakes. Like what, what are you talking about? It's so just the confidence that again, that you instill in her just to, uh, to know that she's, she's going to make better plays nine times out of 10 than make that bad play. You know what I mean? So and just, how I like, I guess really to fully answer your question, how I got to that point as a coach is uh, my first couple of years and God rest his soul, Roger Kendall was a phenomenal human being, but I, I would, I played afraid to make mistakes. And, you know, I, if I made a mistake, he was on me. And I, you know, as an adult now, but as an 18 year old, I didn't get it. I was, you know, I didn't understand. And, and when I would see him later, you know, 10, 12, 13, 14 years later, we would always talk. And he goes, I made you efficient. I wanted you to be efficient point guard. That's what I wanted. And I said, you know what? I didn't understand that at 18, but I understand it at, you know, now 36, you know, at 30, wherever my age was. And I go, you know what? You're right. You know, you want me to understand why I'm making this play. And don't, don't just throw the ball and try to make a play when it's not there. So, you know, I, I played my first couple of years not to make mistakes. And then when Pete took over, he kind of, and I kind of said, you know, go play. You make a mistake, don't worry about it. Just go play. And that kind of gave me that freedom and opened me up a little bit to go make plays. Because I was a point guard that wanted to break you down, get in the lane and make plays for others. Um, I, I enjoyed passing more than I did scoring or anything like that. Took a lot of heat from my grandfather, my dad and stuff for not shooting enough. But I always wanted to wanted to get other people involved. As a young kid, I always wanted to pass. I was always unselfish that way. So when I saw I had a point guard, I said, you know what? She's going to make mistakes. You know what? The, there's going to be some bad ones. There's going to be some ones where you're going to be like, oh, it's a big spot. But you got to let her make her mistakes and learn through them and teach her. Say, you know what? And teach her the situation. You know, when this happens next time, this is what we have to do. And then just building the confidence. And, you know, hopefully, like I said, now that she's a junior, you know, these mistakes minimized and we're converting more and things like that. I was the type of point guard who used to like to get to the water cooler and fill up the water bottles for the other guys. <laughs> <laughs> the type of point guard I was. Those are my assists. That's an assist. Uh, that was a it's an assist. It's an assist. It goes in the column. Kept, kept the good players hydrated. Uh, <laughs> coach, we like to end here on a fun question. Uh, you've been coaching a while now, especially you've been coaching girls the last couple of years at Morris Hills. What is something you find yourself saying over and over again, maybe in practice or in a game, you know, it could be a, a strategic point or just a pearl of wisdom. What's that thing when the girl, cause I know the girls have a coach Dylan impression when they do their coach Dylan. They, they don't do it in front of me. That's no, for they sure. Never do. They never do. <laughs> they do it. In, nowadays they do it on TikTok. I'm sure. Right. They all, yeah. I don't probably yeah. their group chats, whatever. It yeah. Is, but. What's that one phrase they, they find themselves repeating that you say? Um, I'm a coach that wants them to play fast. So I'm always telling them tempo, 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 go faster, go <laughs> faster. And so my, after my second year, they, I actually have a, a pitcher and they put all my phrases and tempo is one of them, you know, like even in pregame and scouts and things like that, when I'm going over, I said, you know, for us to be successful, we got to play at this pace and, and score in this range. So we got to play at a faster pace. So we got to play with tempo. We got to play, we got to push the ball. We got to do all this. We got to play with tempo on defense. We got to, you know, and they just laugh and like, Coach Tempo, Tempo, or another phrase is I go, the three E's. I need energy, effort, and enthusiasm every day. You know, that's, those are three things you can control. You know, bring good energy, be positive, give me a good effort, and be enthusiastic. Basketball's fun. You know, have fun. You're in a gym every day. I'm a coach, and I'm like, man, I get to be in the gym every day and, and coach. And then when they're, you know, shooting free throws, I can, you know, shoot some free throws and things like that. So, you know, it's fun enjoy it you know so don't think it's a drag just being there because it's practice but have fun get better and things like that 
well, I'm, I'm a firm believer in those, those pearls of wisdom that the, like you say, tempo and energy, those, those are the things that I know that I remember from my high school coach when I was a player, uh, those are the things that they're going to carry on with them. And so, uh, I think it's, I think it's a beautiful thing. And Chris, I, I'm, I'm still waiting on that list uh, you said that you were going to take some time over the break and type up all of those answers from, from coaches, right? Did I, am I, am I hearing that right? Hey, what's that intern doing for you? Get that intern yeah, exactly. from Riverdale. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, we'll get, uh, we'll get, we'll get him on that. But, uh, nah. but yeah, no, nah, I think that, I think that's great. And, and, and coach Dylan, this has been, um, it's, it's been a long time coming to have another girls coach coming on. And so we, we can't thank you enough for coming on. It's been really great. to Thank you guys. Yeah. I appreciate it. This is awesome. You know, I've listened to a few of the podcasts. I'm a really big fan. So I was, and hear guys that I know on this, it was really cool. So just to be a part of this was awesome. Thank you. We, we appreciate you uh, joining us. And uh, we'll uh, we'll look out for, for big things from you girls here coming up here soon. And uh, give me another another reason for, for me to get to New Jersey and watch some more high school basketball this time. On the You're always welcome. Please come up. Appreciate you too as well, Chris. Appreciate that. Well, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up for my co-host, Chris de Blasio. I'm Brian Rosefield. And thank you for listening to this episode of the greatest games.